you for listening to this message from the North Gate. God's hand has just this year been on Curtis in a major, major, major way. I say it every time he gets up here. He's one of my favorite preachers in the kingdom family, the way he just breaks down the word. But one of the big things right now is you begin to see the anointing and you just, his voice is rumbling right now. Last week at the baby dedication, just you can feel the revival, the awakening that God has placed on this man. Um, for those of you who don't know, his grandfather was saved in a Lester Summerall meeting. His parents, his the, the grandfather's parents were uh, Baptist and did not believe in the power of the Holy Ghost at that time. And when his grandfather was a little boy, he would sneak off to the tent revivals of Lester Summerall and would climb underneath that tent and he would tell his children and his grandchildren the stories of when he got saved in a tent revival. Man, I feel the Holy Ghost. He would tell Curtis and the other family members before he went on to be with the great cloud of witnesses. He said, when I would go into those tent meetings, the few of you don't know who Lester Summerall is, he was Rod Parsley's spiritual father, and Lester Summerall was a spiritual son to Smith Wigglesworth. And in those 1950, 1960, 1940 tent revivals, young kids, teenage boys, like his grandfather, would sneak under that tent. And he would say, Curtis, when that man of God would speak, it's like his voice would rumble. He said, my insides would shake and my heart would leap as he preached the word of God. We need that again. And it's happening. It's happening. It's happening. And Curtis Biltz is one of those young men that God's hand is being upon. And his grandfather prophesied to him, gave him a suit jacket of his that Curtis wore when he preached his first message a couple years ago. His grandfather prophesied to him when he was a little boy and said, God's called you to preach and you'll preach the word of God. And that has come true in this house. And we are so thankful for the prophetic words over the lives of everyone in this house. And we are seeing those manifest and come alive every day. So with that, let's honor one of the sons of this house, Curtis Biltz, as he comes to bring the word. Man? All right. Thanks, guys. Um, I'll add a little bit to that story. Um, we actually thought my grandfather was passing away before he actually shared that part of his testimony with, I believe it was me, my brother-in-law, and I don't know who else was in the room, but um, it was a very holy and all moment because my grandfather kind of shifted towards more religious ways of thinking in his older age. And he started, when he was getting ready to go back to heaven, he started renewing his old fire, his old flame. Come on, man, come on. And I had never heard that before, that that's how my grandfather was saved. I always just pictured the normal, you know, handout card type deal, real soft and not very powerful. But when he shared that, that he used to have to sneak, and it was his Uncle Bill that would invite him to those tent revivals. But sometimes Uncle Bill couldn't make it, and he'd have to go by himself, and he would have to sneak under the tent to get in. And he would try his best to hide in the back because he didn't want to get caught. 
It wasn't that his parents weren't believers, but his parents didn't believe that Holy Spirit could work that deeply. They didn't have an understanding. Let's just say that. And when my grandfather would go into those meetings, he would try his best to hide in the back. And he said it came one time where he couldn't help himself. He said, I was, I was ducking down in the crowd just trying to see what was going on. And my feet began to move forward. And I wasn't moving my feet. Holy Spirit was moving me in a direction that I couldn't stop. It was a direction forward to the altar where I gave my life to Christ. And I remember my brother-in-law when we came out of that room. And like I said, we thought Grandpa was getting ready to go home. And I remember my brother-in-law, Bill, came out and was in such awe because Grandpa had told him many times how this is the way you do things and this is strict, strict, strict Baptist, King James only. And when Bill came out of that room, he said, I never knew Grandpa was capable of having such compassion. I never heard that story before. I never heard the story of Holy Spirit drawing him to a point where he couldn't resist and he didn't have control of his own body physically. So tonight when we hit that little bit of a wall, and I'm glad Pastor came in and with his authority like he does, we hit that little bit of a wall and that little bit of a pocket. Understand how dangerous that could have been for someone who may not have been able to go through that wall if we'd have stayed in that place. Wow, come on, Curtis. If we'd have stayed in that pocket of let's go through the motions, if we'd have stayed in that everything is good. Listen, God can do whatever he wants. Somebody could have got touched in that. I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is we have a pastor in this house who has and speaks with authority and can realize and understand we're much more capable of what we're going after. Yeah. And when we're singing the songs of take me by fire, take me by flood, all I can think of is baptism. And the Lord's really been speaking to me lately. Big words that sometimes scare me. Because this is a new chapter for me when I get in front of the house and I begin to declare things. Two weeks ago, it was refining. Last week, it was renewal and celebration. This week was total consumption. Wow. And I believe we got to engage in just a little bit of that tonight. But for some, for some it was the first time. For some it was the old flame that I used to experience as a child. So when I hear words, consume me with fire, Lord, consume me with the flood, I don't care what it looks like. My heart sees baptism. I see people with a physical water baptism going in one way and coming up completely different. But I also see the consumption of fire and Holy Spirit 
that consumes one's body physically and spiritually to the point where you can't control and you can't resist and you can't run. I am thankful for my roots of water baptism, but Lord, I am so thankful for the roots that I'm growing in this house with fire baptism. I love when we go to Woodside Lake Park and people line up and they get dunked. And the freedom that comes from water, a small little pond in Streetsboro, Ohio. But man, I love when the fire of the Holy Spirit comes in a room and engulfs people on a Saturday night. That maybe you just thought I was just coming to another church service. I was just coming because mom and dad invited me or aunt and uncle invited me. That may have been your thought process. But Holy Spirit has other intentions. You, man, I know you, you've been highlighted to me all night long, and it's not just because of cowboy hat, because I wear them all the time. Tonight you got consumed or reconsumed. I'm not sure. But I pray whatever fire you receive tonight carries on. Thank you for coming tonight. Thank you for coming tonight. I had a message prepared, and I'll see how much I can get through. I thought it was going to be more directed towards the baby dedication last week, and I think it is. And I think what Holy Spirit's trying to do is a continuation or a another step further into understanding. I think first he just needed to let us know it's not always newborns. It's not always babies that rededicate their lives. Wow, come on. It's a holy moment when parents choose to take steps of honor and steps of covenant like we did last weekend. Dakota and Nika and Jess and I, it's very powerful. But like I said earlier, sometimes the parents aren't necessarily in the room when that adult child decides to come back. And that adult child starts to respond to things that maybe they don't understand specifically. Maybe their mom and dad really didn't even pray those prayers, but someone in their family did. I guarantee it. And they come into moments like this in a house that's not specifically like other houses in our city or in our state or even in our country. And they start feeling words of renewal and words of wisdom that pull them out of places so dark and so deep that nothing but the love of God could do. So I'm going to read for a little bit here, and then I got some notes and read a little bit more. Kevin, you got verses ready here? We're going to be in Proverbs chapter 1, starting in verse 8. says, pay close attention, my child, to your father's wise words, and never forget your mother's instructions. 
for their insight will bring you success. Adorning you with grace-filled thoughts and giving you reins to guide your decisions. When peer pressure compels you to go with the crowd and the sinners invite you to join in, you must simply say no. When the gang says we're going to steal and kill and get away with it, we'll take the rich and rob them. We'll swallow, up al- up, swallow them up alive and take what we want from whomever we want. Then we'll take their treasures and fill our homes with loot. So come on and join us. Take your chance with us. We'll divide up and we'll get, we'll each end up with big bags of cash. My son refused to go with them. Stay far away from them. For crime is their way of life and bloodshed is their specialty. To be aware of their snare is the best way to escape. Their resort to murder and steal victims' assets. But eventually it will be their own lives that are ambushed. In their ungodly disrespect for God, they bring destruction to their own lives. And then turn over with me to chapter 2. My child, will you treasure my, my wisdom? Then and only then will you acquire it. And only if you accept my advice and hide within, within will you succeed. So train your heart to listen when I speak. And open your spirit wide to expand your discernment. Then pass it on to your sons and daughters. Yes, cry out for comprehension and intercede for insight. For if you keep seeking like a man would seek for sterling silver, searching in hidden places for cherished treasure, then you will discover the fear of the Lord and you will find true knowledge of God. Wisdom is a gift from from our generous God and every word he speaks is full of revelation and becomes a fountain of understanding within you. For the Lord has hidden store for the Lord has a hidden storehouse of wisdom made accessible for his holy godly lovers. He becomes your personal bodyguard as you follow his ways, protecting and guarding you as you choose what is right. Then you will discover all that is just and fair and be empowered to make the right decisions. As you walk into your destiny, when wisdom wins, your heart in revelation breaks in. True pleasure enters your soul. If you choose to follow good counsel, divine design will watch over you and understanding will protect you from making poor choices. It will rescue you from evil disguise and from those who speak duplicates in duplicity. For they have left the highway of holiness, and walk the ways of darkness. They take pleasure when evil prospers and thoroughly enjoy the lifestyle of sin. But when they're walking on a path to nowhere, wandering away into deep deception. I'll finish up in Proverbs chapter 3, starting in verse 5. Trust in the Lord completely and do not rely on your own opinions. With all your heart, rely on Him and guide you. And He will lead you into every decision you make. Become intimate with Him and in whatever you do. 
and he will lead you wherever you go. Don't think for a moment that you know it all, for wisdom comes when you adore him with undivided devotion and avoid everything that is wrong. Then you will find healing and refreshment. Your body and spirit long for glorify, to glorify God with all your wealth, honoring him in your very best, with every in, increase that comes to you. Then every dimension of your life will overflow with blessings from an uncontainable source of inner joy. As parents, we dedicate our children back to the Lord, taking up a covenant up before the Lord in front of family and friends, vowing to raise them in holiness and in the ways of the Father and the Holy Spirit. He's our guide just, just as, and just as children we must obey. As parents, we must obey Abba and Holy Spirit as to how to raise our children. This day of dedication will give them foundation and fundamentals of what their identification will eventually become as they grow and become teenagers and eventually adults. Identification of beloved sons and daughters, seeking the Lord daily no matter where they are. finished my scripture reading out of a very precious book that I found when we were packing our small home to go into our bigger home. This Bible was given to me by my grandfather wow. on my 13th birthday. Come on, Kurt. I literally had to dust it off when I got it off of the shelf. From Joshua 24, verse 11. When you crossed the Jordan River and came to Jericho, the men of Jericho fought against you. There were also many others who fought you, including the Amorites, Perizzites, Canaanites, the Hittites, and the Jerishites, the Hivites, and the Jebusites. But I gave you victory over them. And I sent hornets ahead of you to drive out the two kings of the Amorites. It was not your swords or your bows that brought you victory. I gave you land, and you had not worked for. And I gave you cities that you did not build. The cities in which you are now living. I gave you vineyards and olive groves for food, though you did not plant them. Yep. So honor the Lord and serve him wholeheartedly. Put away forever the idols your ancestors worshipped when they lived beyond the Euphrates River and in Egypt. Serve the Lord alone. But if you are unwilling to serve the Lord, then choose today whom you will serve. Yeah. Would you prefer the gods of your ancestors served beyond the Euphrates 
Or will it be the gods of the Amorites whose land you now live? But as for me and my family, we will serve the Lord. When I prepared this sermon, I had every intention of giving it last week. And I'm so glad I didn't. Don't, don't take that as I'm upset. Because I feel like it's almost a little bit more valuable today. Yeah. I feel like the word the, the Lord blessed me with last week in front of my family was everything that needed to happen. Because as some of you know, most of you know, my family is in one of the biggest transitions that God has in store for us. And I say that wholeheartedly, that what God has intended for us. This isn't something specifically that we have chosen, although this is our heart's desire. Moving from small to big. Stepping out of a comfort zone. Many things have been made real to me over the last couple days, last week or so. Little things from knowing locations in my house of what's where and where I put things. To getting ready to step into unknown territory, so to speak. There's a settling that's happening, a peace that's overcoming my family. But in that peace, there's still unsureness. And it's unsureness that's being covered with prayers by a family who recognizes where we are and what God has intended for us. The other week when we all just, prayed over Coulter. That meant so much to that little guy. And it meant so much to us too. Transition can sometimes be very difficult. Matter of fact, a lot of times it's very difficult. This house has experienced transition. And it's been very difficult. We've lost family members because of transition. But I believe that because a mother and a father and a group of leaders have chose to be steadfast, chose to put the Lord Father God, Holy Spirit, as our guiding source. That even those who choose and have chosen to step away aren't very far. I believe a lot of them tune in on live stream all the time. Yep, you're right. And I believe it's a matter of time. It's a matter of when they feel that tug to come home. 
when a father shares wisdom to his son or his daughter, although it may seem like he's giving it to them in that very moment, for that very moment, many times that's not the case. Matter of fact, it's life's journey when a father pours out his heart to his children that at a young age, he gives them the instruction. He prays the praise over them. At the young age, for the, old, the older age, the more mature age, that their heart begin to draw back to moments of dedication. Wow. To moments of re-identification. Oftentimes with dedication, we speak identity over every, everything that we're dedicating it to. We have to understand that our identity lies in Holy Spirit's destiny. And I don't just say that to rhyme, it's not what I'm going for, because through an identification process, you will reach des the destiny of what Holy Spirit has intended for you. And no matter how rocky or how rough it may seem at times, in the end, glory be to God. Father, thank you, Lord. Thank you for this house. Thank you for this family. Thank you for hearts, consumed hearts full that were once empty, Lord. I pray the power of the Holy Spirit continue to consume whosoever heart was affected tonight, whether they're here or in live stream, Lord. Whether it be fire or flood, Lord. Consuming hearts, Lord. I pray for breakthrough tonight. And I pray for complete peace and wholeness. Any wandering, Lord, any wandering of the heart or the mind that says, I don't know if this is what you have for me. I pray your intention, Lord, come through. And your goodness come through, Father. Thank you, Lord. Can we just stand and pray? This is a very holy moment right now. Father, I thank you for the soft and tender hearts, Lord. I thank you for moments of peace and serenity, Lord. I thank you for the, the tenderness that comes over a man, Lord, that's been hardened. 
thank you for holy moments of awe. Moments that cannot be explained. Moments that cannot be broke down mathematically. Moments that cannot be explained scientifically. But holy moments of reverent awe, Lord. And I thank you for your son, Lord. I thank you for the power that he brought to the cross, but the power that he brought when he rose. And the power that he's instilled in sons and daughters. I thank you for houses of prayer, Father God. Houses of prayer that will come together before a holiday season, Lord, that is often tarnished, that is often brought together with awkwardness, Lord. I pray for the families that get together, Lord, the ones that only get together on these specific holidays, Lord, that something different take place at that family dinner table. For something different, Lord. For a love and a peace to come over that dinner table, Father God. For a love and a peace that when a father stands up at the end of the table and goes to present a traditional prayer over the food, Lord, and a blessing over the food, that it breaks out into complete family revival, Lord. That it doesn't become about about how much food we can stuff into our, our face, Lord, or how many gifts we can open, Lord. But how many hugs we can give. How much forgiveness we can show to one another. How much holiness pours out. Father, thank you for moments like this, Lord where we can just come before you and just pray. We can just come before you and declare your word. In Yeshua's name, amen. Curtis begin to read out of Joshua 24 as for me and my house we'll serve the Lord that is written in stone on my house written in stone on my house that I bought in the home of the rockets is as for me and my house we'll serve the Lord and so I got a revelation I want to stand up here so I can see everybody's eyes I got a revelation of that a long time ago that that was not about me and Tina. That was about everybody who lives in my house. That's about everybody who comes and visits my house. It's what Apostle Mark Pfeiffer came in here and said. There's a set standard of a way that we are called to live. And we are living in a culture. I want everybody to hear me. We're living in a culture these days that to not make ripples 
and make false peace will bend the gospel of Jesus Christ to not offend somebody. And I love how he came in here and talked about the one television show of Rogan who was talking with a Jewish man who was then talking with Amish. And they were talking about how they live. And they made this statement, why don't you accept this or accept that? That's not how we live. I want you to hear me. That's not how we live. So in tradition in the American church, we dedicate our children to say we are going to live a certain way. And then all of a sudden, as the world gets its hooks into our kids, we start bending how we live so we don't make ripple effects with the next generation. But in the scripture text of as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. If you go back to the first verse, can I read two verses for you? Then Joshua summoned all the tribes of Israel. He summons every single one of them. Watch this. He summoned the leaders of the tribes and he summons the elders of the tribes. So what that would look like in here tonight is I would summons the elders, the leadership. I would ask the heavers to come up here and I want them to do that. Stand right here. Mike, Jen's not with us tonight, but Mike, come up here. The Manichis, come up here. Tina, come up here. Okay, now watch this. And then he said, then I summons the elders. He would next begin to cry out to the henchmen. If the chambers were here, I'd cry out to them. Brian, I want you and your mom to come up here. Rhonda, I want you to come up here. Come on. Joey Mitchell and Steph, I want you to come up here. Lisa and Joe Chan, I want you to come up here. Bridget, I want you to come up here. So he would call forth the senior leaders. Mom and dad, come up here. Tina's parents, I'd call them up here. Pastor Anthony, you're a leader in this. So come on up here. If you have any of your eldership here, which I see Heather, come on. Grandma, come here. Make sure I'm not leaving anybody out in the room. When you were growing up, there was a different way of life when it came to serving the Lord. Somehow that way of life became legalistic and full of rules. But in the beginning, it was not. And one of the reasons we got full of rules is because the church started getting empty. We had a horrible turnover ratio, watch, of where's the next generation? Where's the 20-year-olds? The 22-year-olds? When the kids turn 18, why do they run from the church? Watch what Joshua does here to get to one of the most famous scripture texts of all time. As for me and my house will serve the Lord. 
We dedicate, we got to stop dedicating our kids and just thinking it's a form and a fashion. It's a way of life. But the way of life that we have to teach them is not rules. You grew up in a generation, don't go to the movies, don't play cards. Some of you don't wear makeup. Some of you ladies standing here, you had to wear skirts all the time. True or not true? Can't cuss, can't blink, can't get angry. So you know what we did? We preached that from our pulpits, but we all lived completely opposite of that at home. The women wore skirts to church, but wore pants outside church. Talked about cussing, lying, cheating, drinking, smoking, but we did it at home. And what we did is we started serving foreign gods of the world. And guess who saw that? Our kids. Our kids. We need to go back to what Joshua was trying to guide us to. And it was call forth all the elders, the leaders, the judges, the officers. So they all came and presented himself to who? Joshua? No. God. Joshua led all of the elders, leaders, officers, and appointed ones to get back to face-to-face communion with Yahweh. Get back to being present like what we said tonight. Why would you ever not think that the encounter that you had with the tears, the shaking, what would ever make you think you can't go back to that? And what would ever make you think that can't be added onto? This one thing right here, watch. As Curtis gave us a great foundation of dedication, which is actually renewal, which if we were ever going to have revival, an end time harvest of souls like never before, then the church from the oldest to the youngest is going to have to learn how to renewal their love affair with God every day. And that's what you were preaching was renewal. We dedicate to raise our kids to renew their love, not their faith, not their denomination, not their rules. We dedicate our kids to teach them how to renew their walk with the Lord every day. No matter what, because why? Every This is where the legalism of the church got so jacked up. Not one parent in here. I don't care what your kid did. I don't care if your kid came to you and said, I'm homosexual. You're not going to throw your kid away. If your kid murdered somebody, you're not throwing them away. You're not saying they're right. But lying, chilling, steeding, drugs, alcohol, it doesn't matter. You don't throw your kids away. You won't. And even if they screw you over again and 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 again, every single time God placed His love in you to throw your arms wide to believe this time it could turn around. That's His grace inside of every one of us. So we need dedication of giving our kids back to God. But I want to dedicate myself today. I want to love myself through the good times and the bad times. I want to be able to learn and teach myself the word of the Lord. To hear His voice. All the stuff we speak over the kids. Because if not, we'll try to just teach them rules to mess with their behavioral issues. 
And that never worked for one of us. That never worked for one of us. So you know how you keep dedication and renewal going? This is how Joshua did it. Joshua said to all of those leaders and all of the people, this is what the Lord has said. The Lord God of Israel, long ago your ancestors, including Terah, the father of Abraham, and Nahor, lived beyond the Euphrates River, and they worshipped false gods. Abraham's dad worshipped the gods of the world. Watch. Joshua says this, but I took your ancestors from Abraham, says this is the word of the Lord, I took your ancestor, Abraham, from beyond the Euphrates River and led him into a land called Canaan, the land of promise. And I gave him many descendants. And he's given you many descendants. To Isaac, he gave Jacob. To Jacob, he gave Esau. To Esau, I gave the mountains of Seir while Jacob and his son went down to Egypt. Then I sent Moses and Aaron. All of a sudden, he starts talking legacy. And then he starts telling all of the leaders, you know what he does? Just reminds them how good God is. And God delivered you from Egypt. And God healed my dad. And God healed your knee. And you prophesied. And God did this. And God did that. And God did this. You know what he was really doing before he gets there? For me and my house will serve the Lord. You know what he was doing? He was telling them to stop their murmuring. Stop their complaining. Stop looking at the situation that you're in. Go back all the way to the very beginning where God began to bless our family. Let's talk about that. And then let's talk about what Curtis began to read. And now I've given you a land. First, quit complaining. Quit gossiping. Quit murmuring. Let's talk about all the good God has done. And now let's talk about the land God has given us. And let's talk about how we're going to raise the children that we have now in this land of promise. And this is what I say to all of you. I don't care what mistakes you made, but we're going to make a vow today, a dedication that as for me and my house, we're not going to serve rules. We're not going to serve ambition or anxiety or fear or depression or religion. We're going to serve God together. Together together and may we never forget what God has done Apostle D calls it this storm amnesia all of a sudden you get sick you have a financial hiccup you have a relationship hiccup something doesn't go the way you planned it to go and then all of a sudden in the storm you forgot everything God has done for you up till there. So you know what you need to do every day? What Joshua said. And even if you got to call forth all the leaders and the elders, let's not talk about what God hasn't done yet. What has God done? In the Hunt family, what has God done? What has your eyes seen, Mom? The glory of God What have you seen? God, turn around in the blink of an eye. So I read that, and then I think about the gripping story that I begin to tell, and the gripping story Curtis begins to tell about his grandfather. What about the story when you got saved? 
Oh, everybody's oohed and awe about Curtis's grandfather. But I know the night you got saved, it was just as powerful or you wouldn't be in this church. It was the same story. You were messed up. You were broken. You were hopeless. And there was a preacher that was full of the Holy Ghost and fire. And you didn't know what was happening. Your legs were shaking. Your heart was beating. Tears were running down your chest. You gripped the pew. You gripped the pew. But conviction hit your heart so strong that I just had to give it all to Jesus. Your story is your story. This is my story. This is my song. Praising my Savior all the day long. This is my story. This is my song. Praising my Savior all the day long. You want to know how you get through what you're going through right now? Start thanking Him for what He's already gave you victory in. Don't you remember... I can remember the stories of my grandma going. We didn't have no groceries. And so I got down on my knees and began to pray. And as I began to pray, here come a horse and a buggy over the side of the hill and a pastor with groceries in it. I remember the stories as a kid. I was there when Brother Camp laid hands on a woman that had cancer. And he began to call the infirmity out. And the woman vomited up a a spider and he stomped it out. You know the story when Junior Smith got shot in the heart by a pellet gun. Those are some of my stories. What are yours? What are yours? What are yours? Oh, brother, I don't have no stories. Were you here when his motorcycle hit the telephone pole? Were you here? And the four days he laid in the ICU and I laid next to my dad and you all prayed? And you all prayed? The doctor came out the fourth night and said we had a man with the same trauma to the head as your father who couldn't even talk and he died four days later. And tomorrow we're sending your dad home. What's your story? What's your story? I know it was unbelievable when Roy left and we stayed here and said you're going to be like the king in the tower, Joe. When the sun comes home, you weren't here, Roy, but we were praying. And when you came in the doors, that's why we shouted. And that's why we celebrated. What's your story? What's your story when Jason Townsend was here just a several weeks ago telling this house, you need to start believing for the impossible. And then the prophetic word and prayer comes out over Colton Cutright and he walks through the door in the same night. In the same night. See, the question is not, listen, the question is not, will he answer? Because he is answering everything you pray for. The question is, where's your dedication to him? Or should I say like this, your devotion to him? But right now I'm hurt. Right now I'm sick. Right now my money's tight. Right now the job's in limbo. Listen, we could on and on and on. Complain, 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 complain. That's not what Joshua did in 24. And I'm sure they were probably going through something right here. Israel was always going through something. And every time Israel was going through something, the leader would tell them, don't you remember when we were slaves 
in Egypt? Don't you remember the Red Sea? Don't you remember manna from heaven? Don't you remember? Don't you remember? If God never forgets, it's time for us to stop forgetting. It's time for us to stop. My son wakes up in extreme pain every morning. You know how we get through this? We don't focus on the pain. You don't live with us. You have no idea. I think one of the reasons he walks around here, and you, some of you guys think he might not have a disease, that's because we won't allow the negativity of the disease to grab a foothold in our house. Rheumatoid arthritis is not allowed to have a throne in my house. His autoimmune disease is not allowed to have a throne. It's not allowed to be exalted, to be talked about like it's above everything else in our house. So it's belittled and it's talked beneath. And when he's hurting, we put all of our focus and all of our attention and all of our love on something other than the disease. And by the end of the day, he's going, I feel better. You know what he's doing? Testify. Testify. Till the testimony comes to. So, so we're not looking at what rheumatoid arthritis does 10 years from now or 20 years from now. We're celebrating every, do you feel better this afternoon? Yes. Awesome. 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 You want to go hunting today, buddy? I can't. I can't, dad. Next day, you want to go hunting? I can't, dad. I can't, dad. Day three, you want to go hunting? I feel pretty good today. So we get down in that woods and we don't give two flips if we see a deer. I put my arm around my son and I don't talk about the disease and his pain and ask him a thousand times if he's hurting. I just start loving on him and tell him I'm so glad we're out here making memories and I'm so glad. Stop giving negativity room. Quit giving it a throne. Quit giving it, quit giving poverty a throne. I told the singles, I said, how many of you want to buy your own home? They all said, I do. I said, how many of you want to be rich? They said, I do. How many of you want to get married? I do. How many of you want this? How many of you want that? They said, I do, I do. I said, you want to know how you get all of it? And they, of course, just like everybody in this room, I want it all. Do you know what I'm telling you how to access it? Start believing one small scripture in Philippians I can do all things through Christ Jesus who strengthens me what happens when the church starts believing you want to know how Apostle D got through his sickness and infirmity that probably should have made him tap out everybody that he brought into his house from Jewish rabbis to apostles and prophets all of them kept saying this one thing speak life into it and start to believe I gave that same key to Mike Clendenin who fights a disease called diverticulosis who doctors would say he's never going to be healed but the Bible says that by the stripes Mike's already healed the Bible says he's already healed. He's just not come to that appointment yet. The Bible already says that Trenton's healed. He's just not come to that appointment yet. Anybody in here who's sick, you've just not crossed that date yet. But that date's coming. So you know what you got to do till the date? Believe. So I told him to go home and study everything of belief. If you think this stuff is fake, of what I'm saying, 
Of course, the pharmaceutical empire of America is not telling people that over in the mountains of China, there are monks and prayer warriors locked away in hills. And they won't let anybody in that facility of healing that has any negativity attached to them. And there are people that are struggling with disease that are dying. And they're going to this facility in the mountains of China and they're getting around a group of people and whatever the illness is, the people in that room have such faith, they just start speaking life and tumors are shriveling. The answer to everything in this room is you need to send love to your finances, to your sickness. Just send love to it. Well, that sounds silly. Well, Bible said love covers a multitude of sin. You thought sin was behavior issues. The apostle showed us in the Greek that it means you're out of step and out of cadence. So rearrange your thinking, metanoia. Change the way you think. As for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. How are we going to do that? By not letting anybody watch rated R movies? No cussing in my house, Cuddy. That's how we're going to do it. We have a bunch of rules. No. We're going to speak life rather than death. And as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. And when we feel out of whack, we're going to go back and tell the story of Marky. We're going to go back and tell the stories. Go back and tell the story in Honduras. When I prayed for a man that was in a wheelchair and there was a man that his family and me stood next to me and me and that man laid hands on a man who had not walked for over 27 years and he got up and walked. You just got to tell the stories. You know what that does? Turns everything around. Think about what we sing. Think about what I'm asking you to pray. Think about what Joshua was beginning to address them. And you know what the biggest thing is? Let's raise our kids in this. And not waver. Look at me. Not waver. You know how you don't waver? Quit attaching your emotions to your kids' emotions. There's Parenting 101. My kids have been slap mad at me and I don't give a flip. I don't care. And here's the thing, because I don't, watch, give that a throne. It's not a big issue when I discipline my children. It's when you give the negativity a throne and you allow the enemy to come in and divide your house and make a big deal out of what, you're making a big deal out of what you don't want in your house. If I've got a mouse in my house, what am I going to do? Get it out, right? I'm not going to pet it. I'm not going to feed it cheese. I'm not going to give it a cracker. I'm not going to build it a throne. I want the rat out of my house. Most of the time, what we want out of our house, we build it a throne, we make it a pet, and we make a big deal out of it. And it stays and it gets comfortable. What you don't want in your house, get it out. How do you get it out? Stop giving it attention. And go back in the goodness of God and talk about everything he's already done 
And guess what that means? He's going to fix this too. Why? Because he loves you. Does that make sense? So we dedicate our children and our lives to the will of the Lord. We dedicate our children and our lives to the ways of the kingdom. In Jesus' name. Anything you want to add? You good? Big Mike? This morning, Dale, Hitch, and Jeremy came up and we prayed a little bit for tonight. And one thing we really hit a pocket and prayed into was the kinsman redeemer. And Mama Tina got up here and sang about the land coming alive. So I want I want Curtis to come up. This, we, we hit a pocket and we begin to pray into the Lord establishing trustees. See, there's two pillars. That was the entranceway of the inner court of Solomon's temple. And the first pillar was called Boaz, whose name means swift. And the second was Jacob, which means he strengthens and makes steadfast, and he shall establish. And Jacob was the son of Simeon, who means, which means God is heard. And so the entrance in the inner court is established by the kinsman redeemer. And our apostles, one of his key messages of all time is what? the kinsman redeemers. We, we started praying that acceleration would be sent to swiftly strengthen and make steadfast and establish sons that are kinsmen redeemers in this land, out of this house, out of the revival family. And he prophesied, this is, you can't just say, great, Curtis is getting a house. The man of God prophesied years ago, two or three years ago, that I don't even know if you that was on your radar or just something you dreamed of. But here, Monday, you're going to be walking into it as a kinsman redeemer of this house. I want you all to take note of that. This isn't just him buying a house. It's not just you buying a house. This is him redeeming a portion of land. Come on, there's times I still think about going on the hunter farm. And hearing Dexter sing and each out there, Mama Tina singing, and each got the guitar out. And there's just there's just something about being out there. You know what I'm saying? That the and when Apostle came in to move this here, he said, Manaway's not forgotten, it's coming back. That whole area. So guess what? This is first fruits of land being redeemed. So I want to pray over Curtis tonight. And I, I just want us all to think about this. This is just this is another word of the Lord. This is another fulfillment of prophecy coming to pass that that sweeps in treasure for us all. So Curtis, come up here. Just stretch your hands toward him. I need Jesse and Coulter. Come here, buddy. Bridget, come here and stand with them. And then I want the elders, the heavers, Mama T, Ash, come over here. The Lord just, when we're going to pray for you because you're about to, you're about to settle in. You're about to settle in. The whole inheritance for you from Chamberlain to Frost. But when Prophet Mike began to say this stuff over their family, our apostle in 2016, the first time he came to the gym, 
gave many prophetic words, but some of them were, there was only a handful of people that were specific. And this man right here, Apostle Lee, pointed and called out and said, your entire family will get swept up into this movement through you. When I have prophesied many times that they will help redeem and bridge the gap between Streetsboro and the Manaway. So tonight, the Lord gave me another piece because when you prophesy, you get part. We have always thought simply the Nofs and the Biltzes about Apostle pointing you out and saying, you're the gate that will lead the whole family into this. It's not just the Biltzes and the Nofs. It's all of Manaway. You're going to see people you went to high school with caught up in this movement. The way I saw it when we first started 10 years ago, you're going to have buddies that used to catch you at the party. They're actually going to hear that sermon and they're going to be reaching out to you and calling you saying, hey man, where do you go to church at now? I want to come with you and your family. It's about to happen. It's not just the family. It's the because Crestwood has always been a family. From what I know, I'm, I'll be playing football on Thursday with people from 1976. It's always been a family over there. So as you move your family into your home, know that that touches the borough. Know that that touches over into Aurora. There is, man... You are the kinsman redeemer being planted for the 40 mile radius, Curtis. And you are the specific words. Apostle even said this, that money would begin to come out of Aurora and that's where you just started working. And that was all on the same night, guys. That was all on the same night. This is so the word of God alive in us. So let's stretch our hands and say, Father, bless this family. God, we seat them in the Manaway on Chamberlain Road. And we make an announcement this week that the Biltz Farm will shine. I just see a sign that says the Biltz Farm with a huge sun behind your name. <sighs> May the sun shine on your household and your children like never before I even call forth leadership on you Curtis quickly quickly at Aurora quickly quickly you're going to be a foreman super fast things that you're going to learn is going to come quickly knowledge is about to be open to you wisdom that's why you spoke on it in Proverbs tonight that's why you spoke on land. You were speaking a lot to yourself tonight. And this will not scare you. This will not worry you. This will actually bring confidence and boldness, Jesse Biltz. And oh, Grandma, you're just going to rejoice and be glad that this is the day of the Lord. And you're going to begin to thank God like never before the day that you gave your daughter away to this man of God. Because the sun is going to shine from Chamberlain to Frost Road. Whew. 
I even call renewal to your house. I call repairs and painting and siding, renewing the barn. In the next 10 years, Bridget, your house and your barn's not going to look the same. The same way when we first look at the Bills Farm, 10 years, a decade from now, the way we haven't looked the same in the Northgate, you're not going to look the same either. So I declare stalls and barns and equipment. I hear the word grants being given to you. And I go back and reach back into the word from Dutch sheets that there would be oil from the manaway that would help resource what the kingdom is doing. So we declare from Chamberlain to Frost, oil and fracking. We declare black gold over your land. Let those that want to go deep, go deep on your land. Let those that want to go deep, go deep. No more delay, like Mama said. And we have yet to see the fulfillment of Dutch's word who said that there's oil in this family. There's oil in this family. And it's like, some of y'all don't know, Brad Custer was prophesied a $400,000 building. And at one point, there was a man who had a check who pulled into the church parking lot and said, I have the check. After that moment, it took several years. I know that there was a family that attended this church that found oil on their land. And it never came into us as a group, as a whole. That's going to happen. That's going to happen. And when you hear this over them, you need to start believing for yourself. What are you believing for? What are you believing for? These signs shall follow them that believe. Full inheritance is coming to sons and daughters in this room. Full inheritance. Full inheritance. First creative night. Young man, you sat in this back corner and colored a farm. Full inheritance is coming to you. You sat right over there. And you took it serious. You colored that picture. You colored inside the lines. You paid attention to the details. Now this is what the Lord is saying to you. Start paying attention to the details of the signs that he's putting right in front of you. So that you can come into full inheritance and come in early. He's already speaking to your heart, son. And all the signs are in front of you. And you are the type that you want to color outside the lines. But that night you didn't. You followed the path and you followed the lines. Son, the Lord loves you. The Lord loves you, son. And I know you want to color outside the lines so bad. But I'm telling you, there's some, there's some things you're supposed to go against the grain, son. But there's some things that are right in front of you that just do it the way the Lord designed it to do and prosperity and blessing will flood to you to your age. Don't be afraid to do things right at a young age. Man, I feel the fear of God. So we call redemption to the man of we thank you for your yes and I thank you for remaining it's going to mean the world to you because you're a big deal in this house we love you buddy this transition is going to be smooth and you're going to
have the time of your life, son. That's your farm, buddy. That's your farm. That's your farm. Jesus gave you that farm, son. Jesus gave you that farm. That's your farm. And don't you be afraid of moving. You dream big and go play in those woods and God's going to visit you and talk to you. Jesus is going to talk to you in those woods. And you're going to kill deer and you're going to hunt and you're going to walk those woods and talk to Jesus. Amen. Trust the whisper. It's the voice of God. It's the voice of God and He loves you. And He has big plans for you. Amen. As for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. How in the world do I do that? Stop giving things a throne of negativity. I ain't giving you a throne. I'm not making a big deal out of you anymore. I'm going to remember all that God has done. From the oldest in the room to the youngest. Let us continue to talk about the praises of Jesus Christ and all that he's done and all that he's doing. Amen. Like old pastor C.T. Matthews used to say, are all hearts and minds clear? Are all hearts and minds clear in this place? Because you're in the presence of the way maker. Don't leave this place, man. Because he's here to heal hearts. Clendenins, go back and lay your hands on Victoria. Christy Lynn, please go over and just lay your hand on her. Victoria has a test this week with her heart. And I feel like already what happened earlier, I seen God begin to touch you earlier in this service. I'm celebrating it's already done. Father, we're thanking you that in the beginning of this service, you begin to touch Victoria's heart. And we're going to get nothing but a good report. We're believing for nothing but a good report, Jesus. That is your daughter. She is special to you. I declare any negative thought come out of your mind. You've been through enough in the past 12 months. You've been through enough, daughter. I release every negative thought in the name of Jesus. You have been through enough. Your mother is in glory. Your husband is in glory. And that's what we celebrate. We don't celebrate doctor's reports. We don't celebrate. No, we're not even given to the throne. We're celebrating that Victoria, that Vicki Trular, and Josh Bell is in glory. And Josh celebrated and danced with us tonight. The only the way that Josh could do. Your husband is at the throne going, give my wife her miracle. You know how excited that man would get over prayer and prophecy and miracles. Hear him. Hear him talking to Jesus. Give it to her. Yep, yep, yep. I'm going to tell you how I hear it. I believe Josh is saying, give it to her. She deserves it. That's where you need to let love come in and heal everything in your heart. You deserve it. Both Jesus and Josh are saying that. It's how I hear it in the Spirit. You deserve it. 
He's the creator of the universe. And he took stripes on his back so he could be healed. It wasn't an accident. He who knew no sin became sin for us so that we could become the righteousness in Christ Jesus. You are the righteousness of God. He only wants to bless you and walk with you every day. It's time you get some farmland so you could walk with the Lord. You actually already have it. Just got color inside the lines. That's the key that'll unlock the door. You already have it. It's already yours. You already have it. It's already yours. Thank you for listening to this message from the North Beat. If you would like to donate to this ministry, please go to www.thenorthgateoh.com and click on the link at the bottom of the homepage.